0: Welcome to the Empowered Christian Woman Podcast. My name is Jeanette Cochran. I'm a pastor, women's leadership coach, and self-proclaimed Jesus feminist. I'm on a mission to inspire and equip women everywhere to own our voice, speak up, create, and lead wherever God calls. Because when women rise, everyone wins. Hello, friends, and welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you've tuned in today. I hope you're doing well. I sure am. And I'm just glad to be with you again. I have a fantastic conversation for you today with another empowered Christian woman. Her name is Morgan McCarver, and she's a multi award winning ceramic artist based in Asheville, North Carolina. Morgan is an artist who is using her creativity and her voice and her art to lead in the world, to make a difference. She's bringing beauty to the world through her pottery and using her voice. And God is doing amazing things in her life and in the lives of others. Morgan is also a new author of the book, God is an Artist. We embark on a journey with Morgan to hear her remarkable story, which is a testament of resilience and faith. The power of leading into hardship and unknown and finding your purpose and passion in life through that difficulty. She also talks about having patience and waiting on God for His timing. When you know there's a work that God has called you to do, when you know there's something that you are supposed to do, but you also know that the timing is just not right and you have to be patient. And she's had that experience and is now on the other side of that and has some wisdom in that area as well. Morgan is a leader who is following God's call to speak up, create, and lead to make a difference in the world. I think you'll enjoy our conversation today. I hope you'll be inspired. Without further ado, here is Morgan McCarver. Welcome, Morgan, to the podcast. I'm Excited to share the unique testimony that you have and your creativity and how God is really using that in your life. So you are a new author and your book is called God the Artist. That is
1: correct. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm looking forward to this. And yes, God the Artist releases officially January 9th, 2024, but it is available for pre-order now wherever books are sold.
0: So Morgan, your story is really about a life of creativity. And it sounds like some really unexpected twists and turns. Your work is in the area of pottery. And by the way, I went on your website and looked at some of your pieces. They are stunning. And tell us a little bit then, how did you actually get into pottery in the first place? And what made you pursue it sort of as a career, like what you're devoting your life to?
1: Yeah, I say it started from the very beginning. So both of my parents worked when I was young, and my grandmother would keep me and she would make homemade Play-Doh. And I say that's probably my earliest experience with a clay-like medium. But I just remember she would be stirring it on the stove, and it would be all warm. And we'd get to use food coloring to make it different colors. And she would sit and play with me and we'd do that for hours. It was so much fun. So that was kind of my early, early, early beginning. So at that point, it was just ingrained in me. But I had different experiences growing up with ceramics. My school didn't necessarily offer it, but we read a book by Linda Sue Park called A Single Shard in fourth grade. And they were able to bring in someone, a local potter who kind of helped us throw on the wheel for the first time and get that experience. And that was really amazing. And then I kind of forgot about pottery in a way. I got really involved in dancing competitively, like Irish step dancing. And so that was my world. That was my creative outlet. I loved it so much. And then I had scoliosis spinal fusion surgery. And that really rocked my world. I was about 14 at the time. And I was in eighth grade. So, you know, about to go to high school and I had been diagnosed with scoliosis several years before, and I had been wearing back bracing and the doctors just said like, that's not really going to hold your spine how we want it to. We really need to go in and um, correct it or else my organs were being affected, different things. Um, In the long run, it was just only going to get worse. And so at that point I had Spinal fusion surgery. So, I have two titanium rods and about 18 screws in my back holding my spine straight. And I couldn't dance. So, the recovery process was a year long. And it was, it really took away a lot of movement for a teenage person who loved to dance. I really couldn't bend or twist or jump or do normal things, pick up heavy things for that year, just trying to really make sure everything was solidified and holding well and I wasn't going to break anything and during that time I really was missing my creative outlet I was missing my friend group and all that good stuff that comes with you know finding your creative space and my mom just signed me up for a kids pottery camp over the summer and I it was just a stereotypical kids camp with clay and you would throw on the wheel a couple times or something and I fell in love with it at that point, and it was just amazing to feel the the malleable properties of the clay and get all this bendability, if you will, that I couldn't really do. I could get that out of the clay, and it's such a hands-on experience, just touching the clay and feeling it um, move with your hands. It's so direct contact for creating art, and that's when I really rediscovered that passion. And I just kept taking classes. I would take classes at night since, like I said, my school didn't have the capacity to offer ceramics. And so I went to a local cultural center and took classes in the evenings. And it was more like a retiree adult class, but I loved it. I had so much fun. And I ended up loving it so much that I went to school for it. I went to Anderson University in South Carolina to get my degree. It's one of the few places in the area that you can get a BA with a concentration in ceramics and I loved it. It was a great program. It's the South Carolina school of the arts. So the professors are really amazing there. And after that, I have just been finding myself in various uh, experiences with ceramics ever since. Um, I've worked at a pottery supply store. I've taught lessons. I've taught private lessons. I've worked for another potter as an apprentice I actually right now I share studio space. So I rent studio space with a group of other potters. And so I've found that community again through those potters, just bouncing ideas off of each other and sharing the space, getting inspired by each other's work and ev- everything's so different. All of us make different bodies of work, but just seeing what everybody else is doing and seeing how they're being creative is just really encouraging and empowering as an artist.
0: As a teenager, having such a traumatic life experience where the hobby that you loved and the the community that was around your dance and that being taken away, how did that impact your faith or how did your faith impact you during that difficult time in your life? That's a great question.
1: Um, And so I was raised Christian. Both of my parents were Christian. I grew up in a Baptist church. And I became a Christian, I gave my heart to Jesus and was baptized at about seven or eight years old. And my faith really was strengthened during that time. Actually, I was, there was so much fear and so much, I mean, you know, there, everything is unknown to an extent. So I don't want to say like everything was unknown. But it was, for, for the most part, I didn't know what was going to happen after the surgery. They would tell me things, but until you actually have the surgery, you're not really sure. The doctors aren't completely sure what was going to happen, and they ended up having to extend the rods longer than they thought they would and different things like that. And so I was really praying, and that's kind of when my faith started to become my own and started to pe- become real to me was during that time and just completely relying on God Giving the situation to him. And I was still very afraid. And after that year, I will say I was able to go back to dancing, but my friends had graduated or there were different things. And I was behind at that point, of course. I had missed a year. So I wasn't as flexible. I didn't remember the steps and there were new things to learn. And I never really felt like I was able to return to that community in a way that I had experienced it before my surgery. And a lot of that's just because I had changed too, you know, like physically, mentally, spiritually, a lot of things have changed during that time in my life. So my faith really did become real to me then. I grew really close to God uh, pre surgery and post surgery. And then things get interesting. You go to college. I went to a Christian college still, but my faith really became my own when I graduated college. And at that point, I was looking for things, looking for something to do, you know, looking for a job. And I really just had never read the Bible all the way through. And that's when I said, this needs to be my own faith if I'm going to be a Christian at all. So at that point, I researched different types of Bibles because I had never read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation all the way through. I had read the Bible for like Bible studies, different things. But I had never read every single word in the Bible, and I was really convicted by that as a 20-something-year-old who had been a Christian for so many years. And so I found the ESV Archaeological Study Bible, and for me, that has been just an amazing resource. I love researching, and I'm a big history buff, so that Bible has little cultural blurts at the bottom, pictures telling me things that were happening during the day, helping interpret like different things at the time. And so that's kind of where that journey continued after college, really finding the Bible that I liked. And it did take me three years. I wasn't following a reading plan or anything. I was going at my own pace so I could understand it in my own way. And it was, it was a great experience. I learned so much.
0: That's so inspiring. And just hearing your story of hardship and adversity those are the the things in life that we want to avoid. Like no one signs up for really hard things like let me have scoliosis and need these major operations <laughs> in my young life. But that's often the place where God gets our attention and helps us to recognize And learn deeper truths that we can't learn and we can't digest when everything is going good and up and to the right, so to speak. And it seems like that was your experience too, that even in the midst of hardship, I mean, your pottery is so central to who you are, and it's the way you're bringing beauty and gifts to the world. And you discovered that through this really hard experience in your life. And this really hard experience in your life, instead of getting angry at God or like, how could this happen to me? You leaned into your faith and were empowered by that. Thank you. I think that really, I can contribute that to
1: my family. My parents were just so good about helping me to always focus back on God and really understand that this is just something that was happening. We couldn't control it. And God already knew the outcome. And at the time, of course, that's like not what you want to hear. You know, you want to hear, oh, actually, there's been a miracle that God performed and you don't need to have surgery. But that wasn't my story. So at the time, probably I say for about 10 years, I just didn't even talk about it. I didn't talk about my surgery or having scoliosis or anything like that. And for the most part, People wouldn't know unless they were like close to me. I would, you know, I've told my close friends and everything. But for the most part, you don't know because it is your spine and it just looks like I have really amazing posture. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So no one can, no one would know unless I told them. But that all changed about 2019, roughly. I really started working on God the Artist, the book that you mentioned earlier. And I have been more comfortable talking about my experience and looking back now that it has been over a decade, recognizing like God did give me that scoliosis experience to really completely change the trajectory of my life. Because without that experience, who knows, I might not have ever taken that pottery class and I might not have ever really gotten into clay. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know what that would have looked like. But God specifically gave me that story and that path for a specific reason. And because of that, I'm able to talk about that more and more as time passes.
0: You felt God prompting you to write a book, God the Artist. Tell us a little bit about that book. Who who was that book for? Why did you write that book?
1: What is it about? So the book, I say, is not just for potters, and it's not just for Christians. You actually don't have to be either to read the book. I kind of go through both of those processes as the book goes along. And so I've organized the book, and it's structured so that each chapter delves more deeply into the ceramics experience and understanding pottery, and then also following along with those Bible verses And relating those to our Christian experience with God. So, that's the book is really for anyone who finds themselves being creative or who wants to be more creative. Throughout the book, I'm encouraging your creativity as you read. You'll read my scoliosis story and other things. You're reading relationships with God as well. And so, these verses are really showing a side of God that we don't talk about a lot as Him being the ultimate artist and the ultimate creator. That's the first verb used in the Bible. Genesis talks about God creating. That's the very first thing, the first action word that God does. So I really encourage readers that everyone is creative because God is creative. And if we're created in His image, then we can't help but be creative and that looks so different in different people's lives, different forms of creativity, but it just breaks my heart to hear someone say, "Well, I'm not creative," because in my mind, you have not found either you haven't found your creative outlet yet or you're you're discounting everything that God has given you. Mm-hmm. Just because you're not the best doesn't mean you're not creative. And so finding joy through the creative process is really something I encourage as well, because we are made to be creative. And so if we are made to do this thing, then by doing this thing, we are bringing joy and honor to God and really just tying like our desire for art and art making back to our roots as human beings. And that's how God wired us. But to answer your question about how I started writing this book, it was about the same time I decided to read the Bible all the way through. I was graduating college, and my professors had been great about encouraging me in my faith and in my ceramics journey and kind of relating things back to God. You know, Jeremiah 18, where he goes to the potter's house. That was a big verse. That's a big big example of pottery in the Bible. And so focusing on that, I thought there has to be more, right? There has to be more of this. And I started looking for a devotion uh, for potters or for creatives or something about relating pottery in the Bible. There's so many verses of clay and pots and making pottery in the Bible. There has to be some kind of book about this. And I couldn't really find what I was looking for. And so at that point, I felt the Holy Spirit calling me To start working on that. And so while I was reading the Bible for those three years, I was taking notes about okay, there's a clay reference here, or there's, you know, the fiery furnace. Maybe it was making bricks, maybe it was for metalworking. We don't really know. But just kind of relating things like I understand a fiery furnace because I work with kilns. So, kind of coming at some of these verses from my pottery background is how this book really started to come about and i tried to get it published several several years ago and i was told i would need like a ghostwriter and an editor and i'd need to pay a lot of money and it would be self published anyway and they were pretty much telling me the book wasn't that good and they would want me to pay someone to make it readable um and at the time i didn't i just graduated college so i didn't have that kind of money and i really didn't want that to be my story i wanted my story to come from my brain <laughs> And for for God to inspire my story through my own writing. And so I prayed a lot about it. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me at the time, you just don't really have enough experience to write this book. And so that was 2019, 2020. And then the pandemic hit and then (laughs) things went crazy. And then I moved and I, that's when I started working for the Potter. And now I'm in a really creative town with a lot of different art forms and Within the span of about three years, three to four years, I had just grown so much that I didn't even really recognize it until this past January when I felt the Holy Spirit telling me again, "Um, it's time to revisit that manuscript you were working on." And I was like, "So soon?" I thought that'd be like after I was, you know, retired and did all these things, and I thought experience meant decades of experience, but I. Listened to the Holy Spirit and revisited the book, pretty much rewrote it in the month of January and started looking for publishers then. And I reached out to different publishers. And at that point, I was just praying, you know, Lord, this is really up to you. If you want me to write this book, I tried to write it for the first time, I tried to get it published, that didn't work. So if you actually are telling me to do this thing and to get this book published, then I just completely give it all to you. And that was the first time I had really been able to completely just relinquish everything to God. And it's such a crazy feeling to just be like, you know, everything, if anything's going to happen, it's going to happen because of you and everything will happen because of you. And so just completely giving it to God and saying, whatever happens, happens. And one publisher Uh, responded to me, recommended me to another publisher. And that's how I got connected with Morgan James. I had a great contact there who really encouraged me to add on to the book. And after that, I submitted it and it was approved in April. And it's just been a crazy experience ever since. And I know it's just completely from the Lord, which is so encouraging and it really gives me a sense of responsibility, too. Like, if this is all for God, then it's encouraging because everything that happens because of this book or happens to this book is because God is letting it happen. But on the other hand, it's it's such a responsibility for me to take this book as far as it can, to reach as many lives as it can, because God has entrusted me with this. And God has given me this story to share. And I had been silent for 10 years So I've got a lot of catching up to do, you know? And so that's kind of how it's come full circle, connecting my scoliosis, connecting my art studies and my ceramics background, and then connecting where I am today as a Christian and as a ceramic artist and helping others understand just how much God loves them and how God is just the ultimate artist and so creative and hopefully really being able to look at God from a new kind of relational standpoint of him being our creator as well.
0: Mm. What a great story of how God is developing you to use your voice. One of the things that I'm so passionate about is to help women speak up, create and lead wherever God is calling you because so often we can be socialized or we can be in spaces where we think, oh, what I have to say isn't really that important. And so your story is God helping you to to find your voice and the timing. You had this desire and it was a strong desire, but then it just seemed like God was saying, not yet. And, but Not giving up on that because I do think it's so true that oftentimes in our lives, God gives us glimpses of what He has for us to do the work. And we can get discouraged when it doesn't come about just in the way that we want it to be. But oftentimes there are things that have to happen in our lives and sometimes in the lives of other people as God is putting the pieces together. And so for you, God was. Working in you to help you bring the full story of this book forward, to help you figure out how to incorporate all that God has done in your life and bring that forward. And it's like, as you're writing this story about the creative God and your story of pottery and clay and the potter, you in this whole story are the clay, and God is the artist molding you into. Who he wants you to be, and to find your voice, and then to share this message with others.
1: Thank you. Yes, I I relate with that so, so much. All about the timing. Yes, and I'm a very impatient person, so I'm sure God's like, hold on a second, you know, like <laughs> calm down. But exactly, we are supposed to be the clay, and the beauty of clay and working with it is, it has to be in the perfect state. It has to be wet enough that you can mold it, but not too wet that it melts, so to speak, or you know, gets sticky. But I go into that in the book Got the Artist as well, just from Everything is, everything on earth is, can just be so symbolic and point right back to God. If the clay is too hard, it will crumble. And so, really relating that to God hardening Pharaoh's heart, it wasn't soft enough to be worked by God. If clay is too hard, it'll just be brittle and break, and it's not soft enough to be worked by the potter. So, there's all these comparisons and Similes, metaphors, whatever you want to call them, symbolism that all just points right back to God. And it helps me understand some of these classic stories in the Bible that we've read so much. And I'm hoping the reader will see that as
0: well. Mm, I love that. Well, when I was looking on your website, I saw some of your free resources. One of them, you say, in the same way the artist signs her work with a stamp. God Signs His Masterpieces. Could you say Mm -hmm. a little bit about that?
1: Sure, of course. So you're referring to, there are freebies on my website. Anyone can go download them, use them as wallpaper or repost them, whatever you want to do. But those come out every Friday I do, Book Quote Friday. So those are all quotes from God the artist. But exactly. So potters once, I mean, everyone should do it, but especially once you get well-known people will recognize you for your signature stamp. And that just lets the people know, the buyers know, I'm buying this authentic piece and this piece really is the piece that this artist made. It's not a copy, it's not a replica. Um, And so the stamp usually is stamped directly into the clay. So it has to be, the clay is wet, the stamp goes in. So it's a raised or indented um, marking that, is able to be seen. Usually it's on the bottom, not always, but it just lets everyone know the potter had his hand on this piece or her hand on this piece and created this piece and it is signed kind of like how you would sign a painting. And so I've worked on my signature stamp. You can see it on the cover of my book. It's two M's since those are my initials. So one M is kind of reflected in the other just to let Everyone know these are my pieces and I am proud of this piece. And if I think a piece maybe isn't going to be good or isn't going to survive or if it's just going to be a test piece, I might not stamp that piece because to me it's not worthy. But the beauty in that comparison and that symbolism is that we are all made by God and God has stamped each one of us so to speak with that mark of creativity. He has made us all in his image and he has said that we are all worthy. And that's just so powerful to remember, like you said, as women, that we we are all worthy and we are all worthy of God's love. And all we have to do is turn to Him. You know, there's, there's no fine collection in God's eyes. Everyone is worthy enough to be created by God, and everyone is worthy to be part of His beautiful collection. And so just kind of remembering that and comparing that in our work, remembering that as we stamp our pieces and take ownership of that piece, like God has fully taken ownership of us. And not only that, but Jesus has taken ownership of every wrongdoing we've ever done by dying for us on the cross.
0: I think about the scripture that says we are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. So even as you point out, the Bible talks about human beings that we are masterpieces of God. And so To not hoard our talents and our gifts, but to find them and express them for the glory of God. When I was looking on your website, and I could see your art, and they were very beautiful, very unique. And I was like, wow, she is a really fantastic artist. And so as I think about us as, as human beings created in God's image, when we display our gifts, when we use our gifts, when we create art, whether it's the pottery or it's a book or it's a sermon, or maybe it's even like you're an organizer and you can bring order and beauty to a room out of disorder, all of those things, when we recognize that those are gifts from God, it brings glory to the creator where we're like, wow, what an incredible artist that he gave you that gift we are God's masterpiece and to be able to live that way and and to show up in our lives and in our work that way. You are now you're a business owner and I want to encourage listeners to go to your website especially this time of year we're, we're moving into the holidays. You have some beautiful pieces there, really unique and so if you're looking for maybe that special gift for someone, check out Morgan's website where you can find her online stores and or pre-order the book. Talk to us a little bit, if you will, about you know how. what have you learned about being a business owner and maybe some of the challenges of being a small business owner? And how have you delved into that part of your calling? So you're this creative person with all these things that you've created and, and it's also now morphed into a business. What have you learned through this? so much
1: <laughs> to narrow it down. Ooh, it's gonna be tricky. Um, but it's every everything from how to file sales and use tax at the end of every quarter. you know, things like that that you never even think about. Um, I've learned so much and that's where a mentor can really help. Um, like I said, I was apprenticing under a potter in the area and she was really able to um, teach me about taxes and the boring side of things that you don't always think about. But it's a lot of balance and a lot of flow of kind of like seasons, if you will. So like you mentioned, Thanksgiving, Christmas, that's a big season for buying pottery fall and winter in general. And so knowing that that is show season and I'll do several festivals in the area and you can see those. I usually post on Instagram when I'm about to be somewhere, but getting ready for shows and what that looks like, how to set up a, a great display and how to market yourself well and speak to customers in a way that is inviting and encouraging to them. Everything from that to then going into winter and learning that that's the time once Christmas is over and the buying has really slowed down, that's the time to regroup, figure out what we need to do for the coming year, what pieces need to be made for certain events or getting getting things done. And so there's a lot to learn as being a business owner. One of those things I learned was I am a really hard boss on myself and I need to work on that. I've been reading a lot of books about boundaries and setting boundaries for myself because I'm running this business by myself. And a lot of it is how much can I get done in a day? And I've still got a couple minutes left. What can I start instead of giving myself those much needed breaks? And so I do have a different full-time job to help with income, of course, but also to help me take a step back and not just work my body to death like physically pottery is a very physical thing like boxes of clay are 50 pounds um so you're constantly lifting heavy things and standing for long periods or hunching over a pottery wheel or whatever you're doing it's a lot of um upper body kind of strength involved and so learning that learning my personality and understanding that i work very hard and very fast i needed to have a different job, a different full-time job than pottery. And I don't know if pottery would ever be my full-time job. That's not really a goal for myself anymore after I had experienced how how fast and furious I get myself in the studio. But I love to be able to spend my evenings on pottery or my weekends, um, my Saturdays doing shows. It's such a nice change of pace. And having that season, those cycles of the cycle of making, and then we're switching to shows, and then we're switching to the idea, research and development phase. Those seasons keep me from burning out and keep me from getting bored. And that's really the beauty of the ceramics process as well.
0: Mm -hmm. And another fun fact about you, in addition to all of this and your work as a business owner and and an artist, you also work with students at your church and that's your your ministry there. Mm-hmm. Say a little bit about that. I mean, what with all that you have on your plate and and the dreams that you have, why are you also investing in the lives of young people? That's a great
1: question. I am now on the outskirts of Asheville, North Carolina. I found a church that it's called Brookstone. It's so amazing. And they were able, they teach classes all the time, and they were able to offer this class about spiritual gifts. And I took that class with the hopes of finding, what am I good at? What is my spiritual gift? I don't even know. And from there, how can I use this spiritual gift to honor God? And so I learned that my top ranking spiritual gift amongst the list and doing the tests and everything was knowledge, which I guess shouldn't really have been a surprise to me, but it's knowledge, administration, and wisdom are kind of like my top several gifts. And so I was trying to find a place where that would fit in. And that's another time where I reached out to a mentor in the church and she sat down with me and mentioned serving with the youth, specifically middle school and high schoolers, and I specifically work with the seventh grade girls, but it has been such a great experience. And it's something that I never would have seen myself ending up as. It's crazy. I keep ending up back in these teaching type roles or teacher positions. I have not really pursuing a teaching degree or anything. And I keep finding myself here. And I'm like, Lord you know, what are you telling me? But it's been such a great experience just from being with them every Sunday night to going on. We went on a fall retreat, like a weekend retreat with them. And at that, I was able to do like a clay craft kind of project for all of the middle and high schoolers and seeing them really just their faces light up working with the clay. And we were pressing fall leaves into the clay to get the Impress- impressions of like the veins of the leaves and everything. And so again, just drawing nature and clay, God's beauty and masterpiece back into our own work. And it's just, it was a, an amazing experience to see how well they responded to those activities. And I think we're going to do more of those. And I'm so excited. It's such it's such a great experience. And not every day not every Sunday is, you know, the best Sunday in the world and things happen. (laughs) Of course, with middle school, there's drama, you know, with people in general, there's going to be drama. But every time I go, I just feel this peace and this understanding that this is where the Lord has put me right now for this Sunday. And I just, I keep returning and it's, it's such a beautiful thing to see. Mm, I love that.
0: The other thing that I'm hearing in your story that I hope listeners will really take note of is the role of mentors. You've talked a couple of times at difficult moments or just where you were looking for God's wisdom that you had people in your life that you trusted that you knew you could go to that would give you perspective and would listen and help you hear God's voice and then so they were mentors to you. And now here in this space in your life, you are mentoring middle school girls. And I think it's just so important that we have people that speak into our life and we're we're fostering those relationships, but then we're also giving it out and we're bringing others behind us along. And so that's another beautiful just thread that I see in your story, Morgan, and I so appreciate the way that you've shared, then how God is now using you in amazing ways. And as your book gets out there, you will be able to influence and mentor, so to speak, from afar, thousands and thousands of people, who knows how many, but all because you've been faithful to to be the clay in the (laughs) master's hands. I hope folks will look for your book and and we will consider it. This has really been great. As we close out, where can listeners connect with you? What's the best place if they want to find out more information about you or just follow you or how do they find out about your pieces or your book?
1: Of course, my probably the catch all the biggest place you can find me is my website. And that's just my name. It's www.morganmccarver.com. And from there, you can sign up for my newsletter. You can connect with me on social media. You can message me directly through the website. You can pre-order the book. You can shop my Etsy. You can reach out to me about pieces. I don't have everything on my Etsy because I'm doing so many shows this season. So I wait to kind of update that. So feel free to reach out to me if you've seen something on Instagram that you like. It's probably... I've probably got one for sale or I could make one real quick for you. So feel free to reach out to me in that way. And once the book, once Scott the Artist is actually published, there are creativity challenges in the book that allow readers to participate as well as read the story. It kind of becomes their own story as well. And so I really encourage you to reach out to me and show me how you completed these creativity challenges because they are so open-ended for any art form. And I'm just really really excited to see what you guys are able to do with these prompts and with your talents that God has given you. So please, please send them to me. I'd love
0: to see them. And I'm so excited. Thanks for sharing your gifts and your talents with the world. You definitely are an empowered Christian woman who is speaking up, creating and leading where God is calling you. So thanks for the inspiration. It's been great having you.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me and for those so kind and encouraging words. Thank you so much, and your platform is much needed in this culture, so keep doing what you're doing. It's amazing.
0: Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Empowered Christian Woman Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and share it with other women in your network. For more information about me and the work that I do, check out JeanetteCochran.com. And I'd love to hear from you personally. Come join the conversation on social. You can find me on Facebook at Jay Cochran Coach or Instagram at Jeanette.cochran.